What's up everybody? Clint Esposito here with the Clint Esposito show number 50. Today we're going to go over East Palestine, Ohio, and is the EPA doing enough to figure out what's really going on and if it's dangerous for the people. What is up, everyone? I am back. Uh, okay, I guess we'll start with this one since it's up already. This is, um, I don't know, published in Google Documents. I don't know who put this up, to tell you the truth. Updated automatically every five minutes. <clears throat> I don't think that means people are sitting there and writing stuff every five minutes, but... Anyway, the last time I was talking about this, I was saying uh, that they were only reporting on the one chemical that's in it. Like, they're acting like that's the only thing that's bad. So I did find some Google Docs, basically, I don't even understand what this is. Uh, an overview prepared for our internal teams at TAP Score and Simple Lab due to the overwhelming amount of questions we've related, we've received, related, I put those two words together, to the situation in Ohio. TAP Score by Simple Lab specializes in testing drinking water. We advise on treatment, but do not sell water treatment products, nor do we work as affiliates for treatment brands. So there you go. There is ongoing <clears throat> uncertainty around the incident. This document will be updated as we learn more. So there you go. Helpful links, Ohio EPA. You know, there's a bunch of stuff. But uh, I don't know what that is. O-R-S-A-N-C-O. Results of Ohio River Sampling. <clears throat> An interactive map of sampling sites. So that's good. U.S. EPA, general updates, results of air sampling, limited surface water sampling, limited surface water sampling, and sediment soil sampling. Why is it limited? It's weird to have in that, right? Limited. Right off of the bat. We didn't even ask. Nobody. The EPA. Limited information. Okay, so what was spilled... Uh, and I have seen this someplace else, but this is uh, good to have now. EPA has said that the following chemicals were known to have been released into the air, ground, and water. Vinyl chloride. Butyl acrylate. This one's going to be ethyhexyl acrylate. Eth oh no, there's another one. Ethylene glycol monobutyl ethyl. That sounds totally fine. Uh, and isobutylene. These are industrial chemicals used to make products like PVC, rubber, paint, and other chemicals. They are all volatile meaning they readily partition into the air and are known as volatile organic compounds, or VOCs. 
I like that it's organic compounds that they have that in there, because... Every, I mean, if you want to go break it down to the cellular level, everything's organic, no? Isn't that how it works? Um, you can be exposed to these chemicals via ingestion, dermal contact, or inhalation. Exposure to, exposure to high concentrations of these chemicals can cause adverse reactions, including respiratory irritation, nausea, headache, etc., but these concentrations aren't likely in drinking water. They put this right in the document as you're reading it. They're probably not in no drink. Hey everybody, this show is brought to you by Nanobella. You've heard about CBD, but you need to know about CBG, which is another cannabinoid. Nanobella actually has a patented nanomulsion technology that breaks the CBG down into tiny molecules. That way they work faster. Also combined with premium ingredients, it's more bioavailable. So this actually comes, this is called the Sublime Elixir. This is for people like me that did action sports most of their lives and landed on their head. And now, for some reason my knee hurts also. So I take this to help uh, relieve the inflammation and make it feel a little bit better. This actually comes in a nice little dispenser. It's got a little squeeze thing on the side, two drops under the tongue, and you're good. Now, if you're a lightweight in the marijuana department and you like to eat edibles and then be like, this edible is not shit, and then you eat another edible, and then you're like, oh no, I'm in trouble, guess what? You never thought it would come, but here it is. Here's the product for you. They call it green landings, okay? But I call it Narcanabis. So what actually happens is the CBG binds to the THC. So it actually lessens your high or at least like flattens it out. I've been told uh, by Sothi, the owner, that actually people that smoke all day, <clears throat> not me, uh, other people that smoke all day, use this so that they get like a more even high and they are more focused and still high your mind's blown i know but i think at least if you're one of those people that likes to eat edibles and then get out of hand this is a product for you now you can actually get a 15 percent discount by using the code clint 15 c-l-i-n-t-1-5 at checkout at nanobella.com you're welcome Order. I wouldn't worry about it. Here's my other problem with all this. Um, where, you know, it's like, what are, uh, you know, like, what is it? Exposure to high concentrations. What constitute, what constitutes high concentrations? And are there, uh, you know, like, how safe are their limits, really, where they limit high concentration or not? Because I'm already skeptical of the uh, parameters put on things like glyphosate and sugar, even. There's a ton of things that they have um, abundant in our foods that I, you know, that are known dyes. They're no known carcinogens, and they still have them in the food at... Levels that are safe. 
But the problem is, we're saying, like, this cup of coffee, which I drank already, has safe levels of whatever it is, okay? But then, it's just this cup of coffee has safe levels for the day. But I have this cup of coffee, and then I have, uh, you know, something else. And it also has it in it. And we're not measuring the collective. So, I, I also think that they're like, in things like this, you'll see we'll get to it. I don't know how much I trust what's going on and who's dictating what. Should I be concerned about any other chemicals? Both U.S. Senators from Ohio, I don't care there, have called for the EPA to monitor dioxins in relation to the fire at the derailment site. Dioxins can be formed during combustion of waste and lighting it on fire, and specifically from the combustion of vinyl chloride. Huh. It is unclear if the fire produces significant levels of these compounds, and there is not currently air any... Jesus. Okay, let me start. It is unclear if the fires produced significant level of these compounds, and there is not currently any monitoring data on them that has been released. Dioxins are highly toxic chemicals that can cause cancer, reproductive and development impacts, harm to the immune system, and impact hormones. Sounds fairly detrimental, does it not? Well, let me tell you this. Okay, first off, they're, uh, they already know they can cause cancer. They can cause reproductive and de developmental impacts, meaning you could have a kid on the spectrum. Why do you think the spectrum's gotten so large? Um, harm to the immune system. Hmm. We wouldn't want to harm the immune system. We've been doing very good at not harming the immune system here with the legislation and everything that's gone through so far. So, I mean, I don't see. They are very careful about people's immune systems here. Um, and it can impact hormones. Endocrine disruptors, which again, they're going to be like the amount of this in the air is fine. But, again, once you compact it, uh, not compact, compound it, um, and then you add uh, perfumes, the fragrances that you guys got, I mean, hopefully, probably people listening to this don't have this, but the things plugged into the outlets that are shooting, um, sent out, your laundry detergent with scent, the dryer sheets with scent, the things that are on the wall in the bathrooms that psh, spray scent all the time. All those are endocrine disruptors. Disrupting your endocrine system means that your hormones are going to be out of balance. I had a video that was kind of controversial about um, the trans effect. I don't remember what number it was. But basically I'm just saying that the, all these... A, a good percentage, I'm sure there are people that maybe feel that way, but <clears throat> I would say a good percentage of people that think that they're trans because they don't feel right in their body don't have the correct hormones going on. 
Your hormones dictate everything. What happens when they go to transition? They give them hormones. So, this seems detrimental to people's physical health, mental health, all kinds of stuff. We have seen questions about ethylene glycol in reference to the derailment as well. We believe this is a likely misunderstanding regarding one of the chemicals involved in the spill, ethyl glycol monobutyl ether. ether. These are different compounds and ethyl glycol monobutyl ethyl does not typically break into whatever in the environment. Doesn't typically. Um, we believe ethyl glycol is not relevant at this point. We have also seen various uh, entities begin to monitor 2-ethylhexanol. It was detected once at the intake of Cincinnati's water utility uh, while the intake was closed. Don't worry, it was closed, people. Don't worry but has not been detected since, and it was not detected at any other sites along the Ohio River. 2-ethylhexol is a precursor to... Here's the thing, right? They go... Um, everybody's worried about this one... Hold on. Uh, yeah. But they don't go on to what ethyl glycol monobutyl ethyl, whether it's bad or good. They didn't go into that. You know, they're just like brushing over a lot of stuff. And I don't know who this is, obviously. Um, will the spill affect my drinking water? It is possible for these chemicals to get into drinking water supply, either public utility water drawn from the Ohio River or wells in the area. But it is not a guarantee that drinking water will be impacted. That, again, is a weird way to state that. The federal and state branches of the EPA are monitoring surface groundwater in the area of the spill and along the Ohio River and public drinking water in the area. The Ohio River Water Sanitation Commission, whatever the acronym is, is conducting monitor at various points along the Ohio River and many drinking water utilities along the Ohio River are monitoring their intake water for contamination as well. At least some of these places are using fresh water and they're not just using all like bathroom water that comes back in the sewers and then they clean it out. Because a lot of places do that. That's gnarly, dude. It's pretty gnarly. <clears throat> but uh, acrylate was, butyl acrylate was also detected in very low concentrations at various points along the Ohio River as recently as 217. Oh, yeah. Where does it? Uh, hold on. Out of an abundance of caution, the drinking water utility for Cincinnati closed its intake on the Ohio River from a very early Sunday morning 219 until midday 221 in order to avoid any potential contamination for the plume. <clears throat> Didn't the thing crash on the 3rd? 15 days after they closed the intake? 
15 days after it happened and they let all the stuff into the river, they started monitoring and closed the intake. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong on data. Pretty sure it crashed on the third. Uh, while the intake was closed, they detected low concentrations of 2-ethylhexanol in the river. It has not been detected since, and it did not impact drinking water because the intake was closed. Not from the third or the fourth, it wasn't. Um... East Palestine's municipal drinking water is drawn from five, five wells, all of which are at least 1.4 miles away from the derailment site towards the west and northwest. The groundwater that supplies the wells flows in from the northwest, which means the groundwater in the area of the derailment won't reach the wells because it is in opposite direction of the groundwater flow. Which is good if you are on their city water, but if you have your own water, <clears throat> your own well, you could definitely. Results of sampling on 210 and 212 of East Palestine's drinking water have been released and there were no detections of any chemicals involved in the spill. There are very low de detectations of a handful of other contaminants, including D and butyl, I can't say all these words, and something else, tetrahydrofurin. As of 221, 56 private wells have been sampled in East Palestine. They like to say Steen instead of Palestine, so it doesn't sound like it's the Middle East. It is the Middle East of the United States. It's the Middle East, USA, East Palestine, Ohio. Sorry, people. No, result, no results of private wells tested have been posted. So there's that. Results of monitoring of the Ohio River by those people are posted. There we have compiled a list of utilities with intakes in the Ohio River that may be affected by the plume here. Keep in mind, these chemicals are volatile, so if they are present in your drinking water, you may be exposed to them, not just by ingesting the contaminated water, but also by inhaling the vapors when cooking, doing dishes, bathing, etc. Nice. How concerned would I, should I be with my health? These chemicals are hazardous to human health in both air and water, but... The extent of the potential risk depends on concentrations and contaminants and the duration of the exposure. One of these chemicals, vinyl chloride, is regularly monitored in drinking water. Vinyl chloride is a carcinogenic, carcinogenic and the EPA has set its maximum contaminant level uh, to whatever in drinking water at zero. This means there is no known safe concentration of vinyl chloride in drinking water assuming a lifetime of exposure you can test for vinyl chloride in water getting testing kit for vocs okay anyway let's go we here talk to community members who are suffering health effects have pets who've died have damage to let me see if i can start this over Okay, this is um, 
<clears throat> the woman that works for the NTSB is the National Train and something else. Uh, let's see. Hold on. Okay. Nor All right. Thank you for joining us. As uh, Jennifer said, my name is Jennifer Hammondy, and I'm the chair of the National Transportation Safety Board. With me today is Rob Hall. He is the director of our Office of Rail, Pipelines, and Hazardous Materials Investigations. I want to start with addressing the people of East Palestine. I am so sorry for the traumatic event that you're going through. It's devastating. Over the course of my career, and I've handled rail and pipeline and hazmat for well over 25 years, both Rob and I have sat with communities, with residents after devastating rail, pipeline, hazardous materials releases. We've talked to community members who are suffering health effects, have pets who've died, have damage to businesses and homes. But I can tell you this much, this was 100% preventable. We call things accidents, there is no accident. Every single event that we investigate is preventable. So our hearts are with you. Know that the NTSB has one goal, and that is safety and ensuring that this never happens again. So with that, the NTSB has been on the ground since day one. We completed our investigative work on scene, our on-scene work yesterday. But we still have a lot of work to do as part of this investigation. So today, I'm announcing that the NTSB will hold a rare investigative field hearing this spring in East Palestine. We don't have investigative hearings often. It is rare. But we will question invited witnesses. Now our goals, we have four goals for conducting a investigative field hearing. Number one, inform the public. Number two, collect factual information from witnesses. Number three, discuss hand. possible solutions. And number four, build consensus for change. We're gonna get to why it happened. As you know, we also Her released this morning our prelim preliminary report on the derailment. The report does not contain a probable cause that comes at the end of the investigation. It contains only factual information collected during the on-scene portion of this investigation. What I want to focus on today is what we know so far. I want to talk about our investigative process, and then I want to share some information generally about rail safety. I should have cut this down. We know for a fact that this derailment occurred at car number 23. This train had three locomotives, two at the head end. The lead locomotive had three crew members, including one trainee. A, the third locomotive was between rail cars 109 and 110. 
There were also 149 rail cars. This show is brought to you by Hero Soap Company. Do you like America and being clean? Hero Soap Company is the soap for you. It was established in 2018 by military veterans. They give a portion of the profits to charities that help homeless veterans, military, and first responders. The soaps are made from natural ingredients and free from harsh chemicals. They are infused with essential oils and or premium grade fragrances. They come in a resealable weather resistant package, like a little Ziploc bag. That way for camping, if you're deployed, whatever, you can stick the soap right back in the bag. The soap is made in small batches in the USA. You could say it's artisan. Maybe it's artisan, I don't know. I think that just means someone did it by hand. It could be artisan. Uh, for each new subscription, if you subscribe to get um, soap sent to you monthly, then a bar will be donated to troops deployed overseas. And now you can actually get a small discount by using the code CLINT, C-L-I-N-T, at checkout. And yes, I will get a little cut of it. I believe it's 15%. So go there and use the code, get some money off, and support uh, America and veterans. Okay, guys, enjoy the cars on the train. Car number 23 was a hopper car, which carried plastic pellets. It was the combination of the hot axle and the plastic pellets, which started the initial fire. We're not worried about burning plastic. Now the train Fun. passed three wayside defect de detectors, which identify overheated bearings and provide an audible warning to train crews. At each detector, the recorded temperature of the bearing increased from 38 degrees Fahrenheit above the ambient temperature, which at the time was 10 degrees Fahrenheit, to 103 degrees above ambient just 10 miles later. Both of those temperatures are considered by Norfolk Southern to be non-critical. The critical threshold per Norfolk Southern is above 200 degrees ambient. Upon passing the third detector with a temperature of 253 degrees above ambient, that's critical, 253 degrees above ambient, a critical... Well, there you go. Um, so there was warning. It's the brakes didn't go out, whatever everybody's bitching about. They're like, oh, the, the railways, the, you know, so, so far we think the axle <clears throat> burnt up, caught plastic on fire, a big thing of plastic pellets, which again, are we not, uh, are we not worried about that? Maybe I should do this one later. Okay. Experts weigh in on potential health hazard posted by chemical posed by chemicals in Ohio train derailment. <clears throat> Here you go. This is where uh, 
long ago. On February 16th, Environmental Protection Agency Administrator Michael Regan met with residents and reassured them that robust air quality testing <clears throat> and 24-7 monitoring found the air and water quality to be safe. We are testing for all volatile organic chemicals, Regan announced. We're testing for everything that was on the train. That said, state officials have advised residents with private wells to keep drinking bottled water until those wells can be tested. Testing for violet, violetal, organic chemicals in the air and water should cover potential hazards, said Ted Shettle, science director at the Environmental Nonprofit Science and Environmental Health Network. <clears throat> they should be testing for individual compounds. If they are testing for total VOCs as a screen, they need to have very sensitive instruments because VOCs are much more toxic than others, he said. Shettle is concerned about news reports that people are smelling chemicals in their homes, being told that the air testing shows no elevated levels. That suggests that the EPA may not be using sufficient sensitive instruments. Doesn't seem good. Okay. Hold on. We're going to do the same thing here. Oh, this is the first one, I think. A lot of soil sampling no and part. water sampling. We're going to be looking for a lot of chemicals, including dioxin. We're doing a lot of soil sampling and water sampling. My view is that it was a bad decision to release it and burn it. So I have undergraduate and graduate degrees in chemical engineering. <laughs> I mean, I've brought respirators and stuff with us. The problem is you, to wear a respirator, you need to know what to from, right? Hydrocarbons, acid gases. We're here, I think, the first group independently to try to figure out what's really here because what they were measuring most of the time is what they call VOCs, which is just some generic. It's not a specific chemical, right? I couldn't in good conscience until we get some sampling data know what to protect against. I've been involved in these before. They know that things are going to dissipate with time, so they measure things that don't really matter. There's evidence that when you burn vinyl chloride poorly, and it was definitely burned poorly because it had such a black plume. You think of in the old days with a carburetor, if you had the air-fuel ratio wrong and you had black smoke, that meant you had too much fuel, not enough air. And that black is carbon, right? So it doesn't combust all the way to CO2. When there's incomplete combustion, there's, there's evidence that part of the vinyl chloride goes to dioxin, and dioxin is one of the most deadly compounds known. If you measured air, it has a lot of components, like oxygen, nitrogen, it might have carbon monoxide, right? So if you measure VOCs, volatile organic carbons, that doesn't tell me anything other than you're measuring carbon. But I want to know, is it vinyl chloride? What is the individual component? So they purposely measure, with a cheaper instrument, total hydrocarbons. But I want to know what the components are. We're going to be looking for a lot of chemicals. We're going to be looking for a lot of chemicals, including... We're going to be looking for a lot of chemicals, including dioxin. We're going to be looking... We're going to be looking for a lot of chemicals. There is... I don't know where it went. There is a um, part two to that. Oh, here's what we need to do. Sorry, people. Um, I thought I had that lined up. Oh, here we go. This is part one of two. I assume this will be part two of two. Perfect. You've got a control burn? Well, there's the lie. It wasn't a control. We're going to be looking for a lie. You were the guy that made all the decisions. You've got a control burn? 
Well, there's the lie. It wasn't a controlled burn, it was an uncontrolled burn. See, I'm a chemical engineer as well, as well as a top health and safety guy. I've got undergraduate and graduate degrees in chemical engineering. You're the first actual expert that we've gotten to speak to. In your opinion, why do you believe that it was an uncontrolled burn? Why are you using that terminology when so far everywhere else we've seen that it was a controlled burn? You could go to a place called West Liverpool downriver, and that's where they burn hazardous waste. And in a hazardous waste uh, situation, they very carefully control the temperature and the amount of oxygen so that they get complete combustion, right? It's time, temperature, and, and amount of the air-fuel ratio. There's no controlling of the amount of air that gets in there. That's why you saw all that soot. So it's not a controlled burn because a controlled burn would have to be like in a furnace or in your car or some system where you control the fuel, in other words, the vinyl chloride and the amount of oxygen. So they didn't do that. So it's an uncontrolled burn. One of the worst ways to um, determine exposure in general is to smell it because if you smell the odor, guess what? You're already exposed, right? And how long have you been doing this? Um, 30 years. I'm in most of the big named lawsuits as an exposure expert. It's a privilege. I get called in to try to figure some of this stuff out. So that's my job always is what really happened, you know. You were the guy. <clears throat> well, well, well. That doesn't seem good, right? Um... I even, there's ones that I had up, pulled up that I don't see now. So we're going to do this one. Not that one. This one. Since Instagram deleted my last reel for some reason, I don't know why, we'll try this again. Story time. If you don't know, from my other previous reel, I was a medic in the Navy. They sent me to an NBC casualty care provider course in Aberdeen, Maryland, where they spent a bunch of time teaching me how to treat chemical casualties in a nuclear, biological, and chemical attack environment. One of the first things they taught us about was phosgene. Phosgene, if you don't know, is a byproduct of burning vinyl chloride. So that train derailment in Ohio that released all the vinyl chloride around it, and then they decided to light it on fire? Yeah, congratulations. All they ended up doing was creating a shit ton of phosgene. Germans used this stuff in World War I to kill everything. It's invisible. It smells like fresh cut grass when it gets to a certain point in the, in the air, right? And it makes you choke and gasp for air, so you breathe in more of it. You feel like crap. And then basically what happens is your lungs fill with fluid and you drown to death without ever seeing water. It's 10 times more deadly than chlorine gas. It's literally the reason that we have the Geneva Conventions and the Geneva Protocol of 1925 banning the use of chemical weapons in a combat situation. It's literally the reason that we have these things. And they just set it all over Ohio. All right, I found it. Okay, we're about a half mile here from Ground Zero. And these are on all of the... Um, roadway signs. Um, I've seen them for the last couple miles. So you can see it says EPA air monitoring in progress. And this one actually is not operational, it looks like. It's reading fail. Hmm. So that's great. Hmm. So we have this array link three. And then that right there. It's interesting. And this is the tube that um, uses the air mon that pulls in the air for the air monitoring. 
So that's great. If it's not working, they can say there's no problem because it's not reading a problem. Beyond that, is anybody near there? They could go see if any of them are working at all. That would be good to know. So there you go, people. A lot of questions going on about the handling of uh, the East Palestine. We don't want to confuse them with the Middle East of the East uh, versus the Middle East of America. They're Middle East America, okay? They're not Midwest. Sometimes they call, like, even Chicago. Chicago's middle-middle. It's, like, not even... It's smack in the middle. Anyway, we're getting off uh, subject here. A lot of suspicious stuff going on here. Please, anybody near East Palestine, please um, get your water monitored. Uh, keep posting if you have pets and stuff die or you got... Um, chickens or anything, post that stuff because, and I realize it's probably being suppressed, but that stuff needs to get out, you know, because it's BS. This whole thing is BS. Nobody was worried about doing anything. The president went to Ukraine instead of going there. The booty judge uh, didn't show up there for however long, you know, like whoever decided to light that stuff on fire why wouldn't you pump out, uh, you know, they act like it was like bubbling, it was going to catch on fire by itself, just ignite, but they were already transporting it on a train, you're telling me, I don't understand what happened, when they hit, it got so hot, what did it get hot from, just from shaking back and forth, isn't it shaking back and forth the whole time? How are you going to handle it when you get it to wherever you're going? There has to be ways to handle this stuff. They handle it all the time. They wanted to just burn all of it or let it go. This is a stupid decision in my very humble opinion. But I'm right. But it's humble. Um, so, yeah, a lot to... A lot to think about with this one. And my whole thing is, you know, again, I keep bringing up cow farts, bro. Don't worry. This situation's totally under control. The cow's farting is what's doing it. Like, that land is... Think about all the land on Earth, right, that's ruined because of, like, um, nuclear disasters or whatever. Like... This land could be ruined for how long? They're like, I saw a lot of things where they're like, they're going to make the EPA clean it up. What does that mean, dude? Are they going to dig out the, you know, because if you have a gas station, right, and the EPA comes in and you, uh, one of your tanks were leaking or something, they dig out all the dirt that was contaminated. They're going to dig out the whole river basin and the, the Ohio River Basin and, and like, all that farmland there. It's going to dig out, like, acres and acres of stuff. Plus, then they, instead of it just being in the ground, which, I mean, is not good anyway, then they burn it and send it up into the air so that way it can tra travel further. Ontario is monitoring for this. 
Okay, people, if you live in that area, I'm very sorry. We have a um, train literally, I can't throw that far, but if I threw a ball like two times, I could probably get to it. And there is a super old train tunnel, like trestle, to get into here. So if that thing breaks, we're all SOL. That's the only way in and out of here. I'd be monster trucking it through the field in the back. But, uh, yeah, it's not good, people. And, um, like I said, we're being forced to, um, they're trying to get rid of all natural food and force us into eating all this processed stuff and bugs or whatever, you know, um, for what? I mean, I guess so it's more profitable. It's, you know, now that I think about it, it's just like um, medi medicine, right? They vilify everything natural, herbs, all that stuff. You're just taking oil of oregano to try to heal cancer and blah, blah, blah. Um, so then you can't, they make like any, or even if you go to a doctor, if you're going to a doctor and you tell them you're taking herbs, they're probably going to tell you to stop taking the herbs because they could interact interact with the medicine. What I've found that most of the time they mean <clears throat> is it will do the same thing, like leafy greens and vitamin K2 or something. K12? I think it's K12. K2 is um, skis. Uh it thins your blood. Cayenne pepper thins your blood. Well, if you're on blood thinners or heart stuff, that could be really bad because now your blood's too thin. Uh, but why wouldn't we just tell people to take cayenne pepper or eat leafy greens instead of take this chemical? Well, they don't make money off of that. And it's the same thing. If you can, if there are farmers all around the world that are producing beef, the most uh, nutrient-rich, bioavailable food on the planet, or just meat in general, uh, and you can buy it from the guy around the corner like we try to do, and I try to buy all my eggs from there, and we buy beef from him, it's grass-fed, it's right in the field across the street. Well, if they can poison all that land, then guess what? we got to buy our food from whoever's mass-producing it in the worst way. It's like they push you for climate change reasons and then they're the biggest uh, culprits of the pollution. And their ways of farming are not, uh, you know, sustainable. And, you know, it's like, we're just, I'm just so frustrated with everything, with this system that we have of <clears throat> greed and, and poison people for gain. It's the same reason I think that, uh, I'm really off on tangent now, but it's the same reason I think that cancer is never going to be, um, gotten rid of. They're never going to cure cancer. They say they cure cancer. They cut it out. They don't cure it. And there's never an address, uh, of what gave you the cancer. We just are like, we're just going to cut it out. And then we cured it. No, you didn't. You cut it out. And then the, a lot of times people get cancer again, or you poisoned all those cells in the body, and hopefully the cancer died first before all the rest of the cells in your body. What caused the cancer? Well, they can't tell you that because they got to sell you, you 
Roundup, and they got to sell you food with Roundup on it, and they got to sell you, uh, you know, all the stuff. It's the same thing as electricity, right? They want everything to go electrical. Why aren't we getting free electricity then? Well, because then they how, are they char how would they charge you? And notice that electricity has increased a lot, you know, in the past year or whatever. Well, if we can get everybody on that, we can just dictate whatever, uh, we charge them whatever we want. I think uh, that's why they got rid of Tesla. Tesla made, was going to make power free the same way that the this is a alternate truth theory. Just like the all the old temples and stuff and the pyramids. They think that that stuff was big power, you know, not generators, but it like pulled it, harnessed it from the earth. So... And it was just fl probably floating around and people could just use it. And it was probably not like 5G where it's going to screw with you. Okay, everyone. Um, that is it. That's the episode. Um, thank you guys for watching. And uh, yeah, comment below. Um, anybody, it's like, how do we help? Anybody have any ideas how we help people there? I don't know. But um, let me know if you have ideas. And like I said, thanks for watching. Oh, go to follow me on the stuff, uh, Instagram and YouTube and Rumble. And those are really, I guess, Facebook, <clears throat> if you're on Facebook. All right. Let's